Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests on the Goodyear Hotline. Oh, what a day. It's the middle of May, the middle of the NBA and NHL playoffs, plus baseball. But all of a sudden, the entire power structure of the NFL is being reshaped as we speak. There's a lot to talk about. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. Only one place to start, and that is with our buddy Kenny Maine going out with a bang last night and his final appearance on SportsCenter. And, and I, we will talk a little bit about Kenny in a moment. He's someone I've known for, I've been here almost 25 years. He is one of the very few people, or was up until yesterday, one of the very few people who've been here longer. But before we talk about Kenny, we have to talk about the, one of the people he interviewed on his final SportsCenter last night, and that was Aaron Rodgers. And I think... Somewhere in the middle of get up a few minutes ago, I figured out the solution to the Aaron Rodgers problem in Green Bay. Before I give you that solution, I will just say, I'm not sure what it says about me, but Hembo is here. Hashtag Hembo. You've worked with me, but seven, eight years. Mm -hmm. Bubba on the board today. Hashtag Bubba. How long have you been with me, Bubs? About 10 years. 10 years. Nuno and and, uh, Devin a little newer to the Greeny experience. I don't know what this says about me. But I'm in the business 31 years. I've been at ESPN 25 years, and I still get so excited about a good show. Like, we just did two hours of Get Up, and it, I just thought it was excellent. I, I hope that we do a good show every day. I thought today was particularly good, and I'm, like, bouncing in my chair. I can't, I can't explain it. But when Tom Brady said to Strahan the other day, there's just some sickness I still have that makes me want to throw a freaking spiral. That's how I feel. I can't explain it. But I'm like shaking with excitement that I thought we had such a good day today. And I look, if that ever stops, then that's the day that I'll stop doing this. Um, but I'm just excited and delighted to be here and delighted that you're with me. So Aaron Rodgers last night with Kenny Maine. In case you it, uh, missed it, it was unbelievable. Here was a little bit of Aaron Rodgers talking about his relationship with the Packers. Never been about the draft pick, picking Jordan. I love Jordan. He's a great kid. Um, you know, he, he a lot of fun to, to work together. Uh, I love the coaching staff, love my teammates, you know, love the fan base in Green Bay. It's incredible, incredible 16 years. It's just kind of about a, a, a philosophy and maybe forgetting that it is about the people that make the thing go. It's about character. It's about culture. It's about doing things the right way. A lot of this was put in motion last year. Uh, the wrench was just kind of thrown into it when I won MVP and played uh, the way I played last year. So this is just kind of, I think, uh, the, the spill out of all that. But, man, it is about the people, and that's the most important thing. A wrench was thrown into it when I won the MVP. That might be the most aggressive, passive-aggressive statement I've ever <laughs> heard an athlete make in my entire life. And, again, he said the same thing to McAfee a month or so ago, and then he says it last night. And there's only one way to interpret that, and I will make this straight talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Aaron Rodgers is one of those people who has a dead-to-me list. Maybe everyone has that. I most certainly do. Most people I know do. I don't know if that's unique to us or not. But one way or another, there were a list of people who are dead to me. And it is clear that the people who run the Green Bay Packers are dead to Aaron Rodgers. And that's what he's telling you. I've been here 16 years. I'm one of the greatest players of all time. I built this freaking place as great as they are. I've given you everything you could ever ask and more so. I've been a good soldier. I kept my mouth shut through this, that, and the other, even though it is by no means my nature to do so. And you go and do this? You're dead to me. That's what's happened here. So how do they solve this? Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. You know what? This is a problem that almost no one can solve. 
Clearly, they haven't figured out a way to do it in Green Bay. None of the analysts, the pundits, all of the people that we talk about all the time can solve it. But this, once again, is where my very rare and particular genius comes in. Mine is that sort of rare genius that will not be fully appreciated until long after its time. A genius, you said? Your genius. He's genius, eh? We're not going to appreciate your brilliance until you're gone. Brilliant. Here's the thing. If there's one thing in which I am an expert, it is passive aggressiveness. No one knows more about that than I do. No one knows more about how these things work than I do. These kind of, what's going on right there is right in my wheelhouse. And here's the answer. There is nothing, literally nothing, the Green Bay Packers can say that is going to solve their problem with Aaron Rodgers. If their goal is to have Aaron Rodgers play for them again, which it should be, there is only one way they can achieve that, and that is through action. There are no words. Mike Tannenbaum was talking about, well, I'm on the plane and I'm meeting with Aaron and I'm apologizing. No, no, none of that. None of that. There are no words that are going to solve this problem. And there is also no person who can mediate it. The only difference, the only team in which this could be happening is the Green Bay Packers because they don't have an owner. Robert Kraft, Jerry Jones, doesn't matter who. The best owners and the least effective ones. Doesn't matter who you want to put in the conversation. There's one person sitting in the building that Aaron Rodgers could go talk to who might be able to solve this because that person is everyone's boss. And people tend to listen to billionaires. Even Aaron Rodgers might listen to a billionaire. But there's no billionaire in Green Bay to handle this. So here's what you do. Did everybody see yesterday on Twitter when Shannon Sharp called Julio Jones live on the air and Julio said, I'm out of there when it comes to Atlanta? Here's how we solve everybody's problem. Brian Gutekunst apologizes to Aaron Rodgers with his actions. And he calls up Atlanta and says, let's make this real easy for both of us. You chose not to draft Matt Ryan's eventual heir apparent with the number four pick you could have. You do need to address that at some point. I'll give you Jordan Love for Julio Jones. And in so doing, the Green Bay Packers have made the ultimate mea culpa. They've acknowledged what they did was wrong. They've acknowledged they have wronged Aaron Rodgers in a way that he will actually respect and will be meaningful. And, oh, by the way, it'll put Julio Jones on the other side of the line of scrimmage from Devontae Adams. How'd you like to be a defensive coordinator on that game? You got Aaron Jones in the backfield. You got Julio Jones on one side. You got Devontae Adams on the other. And, oh, by the way, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. Good luck. Have fun with that. So you kill a bunch of birds with one stone, the biggest of which is you actually make the ultimate olive branch to Aaron. The second is you probably win the Super Bowl. You put Julio Jones on Green Bay and he stays healthy. That's the one way, the one way I will say the Packers become the favorite in my view over the Bucs. I've been dismissing the Packers from the conversation since the minute the offseason began for the simple reason that I do not believe Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback. And I still don't. You saw it last night. But this, I think, could solve the problem. So, Brian, Mark Murphy in Green Bay, you're welcome. Get on the phone with Terry Fontenot. Call up Atlanta. Trade them Jordan Love. Make him someone else's problem. Get Julio Jones in. And 
you might just bring Aaron Rodgers back. That's the solution to the situation. Greeny with you as you get this thing rolling today. Uh, by the way, in case you didn't see the end of it, Kenny Maine said goodbye to Aaron Rodgers. Well, I don't even know how to describe it. I'll just play it. Last time we did the interview together, you told me to go heavy in the cryptocurrency game. I did. Uh, we're down 40%. Then I lost my job. Gretchen just wants a new comforter. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. Literally unbelievable. And Kenny, there was no one else but Kenny who would do that. No one. <clears throat> and so I could tell you stories. I mean, I've worked with Kenny, obviously, forever. Um, most of the – here's what I will say first and foremost about Kenny Maine. Of everyone that I've worked with at ESPN, and I have been here. This summer, it'll be 25 years. I've worked with many of the most talented people in this industry and in the history of this industry. The one thing I will say about Kenny Maine is he is the funniest by a mile. No one is even close to being on his level. Scott Van Pelt is next. SVP is unbelievably funny in person. He can imitate anyone anytime he wants. So he's very funny to work with. But Kenny is unbelievable. And most people have never seen him at his funniest. Because however funny you may think he's been on SportsCenter all these years, if you've never seen him at something that is called the upfront, then you've never seen Kenny Maine. Kenny Maine at the upfront was the single funniest thing ever. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, the upfront is a presentation that every network does every single year in the spring. They have this series of presentations. All the networks do them. They lay out all the things that are coming up this year for their advertisers. They usually run a bunch of their talent out there. I've been at this thing a million times. And literally, that, that, they might as well have described that presentation every single year as 45 relatively boring minutes and Kenny Maine. And Kenny Maine was so hilariously funny. You've never seen anything like it. I've seen Kenny Maine in a million settings, and he is the funniest person that I've ever worked with and one of the funniest people that I've ever been around. And, and very quickly, because I have the moment here, and then I'll, I'll break on this thought. I've worked with Kenny a long time. I don't know him extraordinarily well, but the one thing I will never forget, and I sent this to him in a note recently, is a long time ago when I was having real question about my place at ESPN and whether I belonged at ESPN and whether I might have had some other opportunities, whatever. We're going back a very, very long time. And I sought out the advice of some of the more important people here, the bigger stars here. And he's someone that I went to and I said, hey, do you mind if I get a minute of your time? And we had just created the ESPN cafeteria. Someone could look up when that was. We didn't used to have a cafeteria. Now we have a beautiful cafeteria in Bristol. And I said to Kenny, would you mind taking a minute to just let me ask you a few questions in your office about, you know, career stuff. And he looked right at me. I'll never forget it. And he said, let's go get a steak. And we walked down to the cafeteria together, and we, he ordered a steak. And in his honor, I never eat steak, but I ordered a steak too. Lunch or dinner? He had just, this is dinner. And he said, let's go get a steak. And we sat there, and we had steak in the ESPN cafeteria. And he was very helpful and, and very friendly and terrific. And it's not important what the... the the point of the conversation is when a young guy who was not a big deal at ESPN at all sought out some advice for him, rather than taking two minutes in the office, the two of us went and got a steak. That's the kind of guy Kenny Maine is. So we wish him nothing but the best, and wherever he goes, we know it'll be a lot funnier than it was before he got there. Greg Anthony on the playoffs and much more as we get this thing going today. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. All right, this is Greeny on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Greg Anthony will join us on the Goodyear Hotline in 30 seconds. He's at TNT these days. They got good basketball tonight. He's doing Knicks Hawks. We'll get to all of that, but we'll spend these 30 seconds for some straight talk. Sure, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth, good. With straight talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month. Up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. And with that, it is my delight to bring back again from TNT, uh, whose coverage continues tonight with another doubleheader featuring Celtics, Nets, and Lakers, Suns. My old friend Greg Anthony is with us on ESPN Radio. Hello, GA. How are you today, Greg? I'm doing great. Always a pleasure to catch up here. Um, and let's talk. I was at the game on Sunday night. I know that you did it, and, I, and I, I know you guys are not able to be in the arena and all that kind of stuff right now. The atmosphere was unbelievable, and I, I just want to get a quick thought from you before we dive into the specifics of a lot of these series. Um, as the arenas get filled up again and as the fans become more and more a factor, how do you think that impacts the way the playoffs play out? I think it's significant. There's no doubt about it. Uh it may, you know, it's a little uncomfortable, believe it or not, because you haven't had that experience. And if you take a look at the Knicks-Fox series and specifically, you know, there's not a lot of playoff experience. There's not a lot of experience for some of those guys playing in a raucous, hostile environment. And so I, I think that caused a little bit of why you saw how 
I don't want to say tentative, but the teams play with a lot of anxiety early in that game. And then eventually they started to just go out and play with pure passion. But I do think it plays a role. And listen, I, I said it last year, with all due respect, I thought the bubble was the reason the Miami Heat made it to the finals mm. uh, because they didn't have to play a true road game. It was almost like playing in a summer league. And so I think that helped them in that regard. Now you're playing on the road in front of hostile crowds. You get the electricity. You get the intensity of that environment. I think it also can have an impact on the officiating as well. And so, like, yeah, it, it is a different dynamic. Having said that, players adjust. They get comfortable uh, just like the teams have to adjust from game to game. So I, I think moving forward, you're going to see teams a little bit more comfortable in that element. All right, and so then let's talk directly in that game about Trey Young, who certainly by the end of the game made himself very comfortable and seemed to thrive on the crowd that was chanting at him throughout the game. And you saw when he hit that shot at the very end, he was going right back at the crowd. What did you learn from that 22-year-old young star in his first big playoff shot that night? He's the real deal. And and, and in all fairness, listen, I think – most people knew how good Trey Young was coming into that game. Uh, I, I thought the Knicks actually had done a pretty good job. And give him credit because part of what happened was, you know, you, when you don't know you don't know, you have to find out. Mm. And, and he had to go through and understand how the game was going to be officiated, how he was going to be defended. And if you notice, he really had was pretty, I don't want to say passive, but he wasn't as aggressive to score early, really trying to rely on his teams. And then he did what most great players do they figure out what their team needs and then they try to deliver it uh i thought it was a, a critical and i don't want to call it an error but i thought bringing in neil akita late in that game it's almost unfair to that young man and, and you're asking a lot for a guy who hadn't really played the entire game to try and then come in and guard one of the best players in our league uh last second there was a breakdown defensively Trey read it beautifully, able to turn the corner and get in and get the uncontested layup. So remember also, you didn't have Nerlens Noel in the game towards the end as well. Your shot blocker, that changed things a little bit. But you got to give the credit to Trey Young with how he finished that game. Uh, and now let's see the, the adjustments that the Knicks can make in game two. They're going to be desperate like we saw last night with the Denver Nuggets uh, to even this thing out up before they go out on the road. Greeny and Greg Anthony with us here doing Knicks Hawks for TNT. And and so with the Knicks offense, which yesterday I the, the analogy that I made having watched that game was the Knicks offense looked like a football team and it was third down on every play, like every possession. They were just grinding so hard. Is it as simple as saying their star, Julius Randle, has to play big or is there more they need to do to play enough offense to win this series? No, I, I do think that the big part of it was Julius Randle. Uh, and, and I'm not mad at Julius Randle for not shooting it well. Uh, that happens to a lot of great players. Look look at the Lakers in, in their first uh, game, right? They didn't get it done. A lot of teams, that that's a, the, the playoffs. The playoffs are about adversity and how you deal with it. And just like in the regular season, that wasn't the first time Julius Randle had struggled. The key, though, is how he responds and bounces back. Because now he has a sense of how he's going to be guarded. Uh, the Knicks as a whole, just like the Hawks, they understand now how the series is kind of going to be played in terms of the level of physicality, uh, the, the the defenses that Atlanta's going to run. And he's got to now understand where he's going to be able to get his spots. Uh, and he's going to have to shoot better. I thought he forced it a little bit uh, early because he just wanted it so badly, Greeny. Uh, but I think he'll be a little bit more 
relaxed, if that's a good word, in game two, uh, because now you felt it, right? It's like when you go, if you were a boxer and, you know, you're going in a fight and you finally get caught. Now you know what that feels like. You can adjust accordingly. And I think that's what's going to happen for Julius. I think he'll be able to be a little calmer and play with a little uh, less anxiety in game two. And I think that's important for his team because teams take on the personality of their best player. If your best player is struggling, it affects everybody because now they feel like they got to do more. And, and so if he can come out and set the tone and just be relaxed and play his game, I think the Knicks will have a good chance to even the series up. All right, Greeny, Greg Anthony with me here. Again, I mentioned TNT has Celtics Nets tonight. So with that, let me get a quick thought from you. As we look in the East, I think the conventional wisdom is there were three big teams in the East, the Sixers who were the one seed, the Nets, those three guys are ridiculously good, and Milwaukee who blows out Miami. Kendrick Perkins told me on TV this morning he likes Milwaukee. From what you've seen so far, and all this is subject to change, obviously, but what is your sense right now of the team to beat in the East? Well, Kendrick's a savvy guy. And what I said coming into the postseason, I said that, listen, this Milwaukee's team, their record may not be as good, but they're better than they were a year ago simply because of their personnel. You know, you got to give their front office a lot of credit. To turn Eric Bledsoe into Drew Holiday, that's a, a huge coup for them because of the things that Drew can do. Not only can he be your best defender on the floor, he can be your best facilitator, and he could be your best scorer, depending on what the situation calls for. 15 assists, career high for him last uh, last night as well. And then also, I think he puts everybody in a position of comfort. And I said this before. Because now Chris Middleton doesn't feel the same level of pressure. Neither does Giannis. They don't have to force things knowing that they got another guy that they trust uh, every bit as much, much as they trust themselves. And I, I agree with them. I think they are potentially the most difficult team because they have the most versatility with their lineup. Even when you look at Philly, you look at Milwaukee, uh, I should say Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got those th- Three guys, and that trio is as good as any trio I have ever seen offensively. But there is a significant drop off after that, and they don't have as much depth, and that's going to be a concern moving forward. But with Milwaukee, man, they can beat you because they can be a great defensive team, they can be a great offensive team, and they still got Giannis on top of all of that, you know. And and so they're going to be a a dangerous team. And this series is going to give them, if they're able to win it and win it easily, it's going to give them a tremendous amount of credit, uh, uh, confidence. Now, having said that, it doesn't matter if you get beat by 40. Look, if you're Miami, you win game one by one and lose game two by 40, the series is Mm 1-1. They've got to go home now, regroup, and figure out a way to get their best players going because that's the reality. Bam Adebayo has been a shell of himself. He's been reluctant to shoot the basketball. They don't even guard him at 15 feet. And if you can't be a superstar and not be guarded at 15 feet when he can shoot the basketball. So they're going to have to respond. It's going to be a challenge, though. But I, I think Kendrick's right. Milwaukee looks really good right now and really confident. That's Kendrick Perkins, Jalen Rose, Charles Barkley, and now G.A. all riding with Milwaukee. But Charles don't count. Charles don't count. <laughs> Green, Charles don't count. Okay. Don't group us up. Something's not right about that force. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to see you, GA. Thank you, as always, for the time, my friend. We'll see you soon.
All right. Take care, Grady. All right. That's that's Greg Anthony, who, again, worked with us at ESPN for a while and is really good. I didn't get to hear his call on Sunday night, you know, doing the game because I was there, but looking forward to that. Uh, the next game of that series is tomorrow. Greg Anthony with me on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. All right, next. The list is what determines who matters in this business. List. All right, this is fun. We haven't done a list in a couple of days because we've been busy, but this is a really good list today. So Nuno figured out that today, May the 25th, is the anniversary of two of the most legendary sports guarantees ever. May 25th was a day in which Muhammad Ali said he had a dream that he was going to knock out Sonny Liston in the first round. And then, oh, by the way, he knocked out Sonny Liston in the first round in one of the most famous fights in the history of boxing. It is also the anniversary of what will always be remembered, certainly in New York and other places, as the Mark Messier guarantee, which he also lived up to with a hat trick for the Rangers on their way to winning a Stanley Cup in 1994. So anyway, with this being the anniversary of those two, today's green list is the top five guarantees in sports history as named by me and exclusively me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. Number five. Number five is Babe Ruth in Game 3 of the 1932 World Series calling his shot. Babe Ruth pointed to the fence in a game in the World Series and then hit a home run. That would be much higher than number five if we knew for certain it was true. And again, Hembo is my historian, despite the fact that you were born 70 years after this happened. Oh, but I was at the game. But you, you, I was in there. spirit, you were at this game. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, it is not a certainty. It is not. There are many people who question whether he really was calling his shot. There are many people who do question it, but the newspaper reports the next day, even the Hall of Fame to this day, verify it at least enough so that I'm going to believe it. All right. We, I am good with it being on the list, but not being higher than number five on the list of the greatest guarantees of all time. Number four. At number four. If you're wondering where the whole Tim Tebow thing comes from, as Tebow continues to be the subject of so much conversation. Tim Tebow, September 27th, 2008, Florida loses to Ole Miss at home, 31-30. And he gave the speech that led to a national championship. Here's a little bit of that speech. I'm sorry. Um, extremely sorry. You know, we were hoping for an undefeated season. That was my goal. Something Florida's never done here. But I promise you one thing. A lot of good will come out of this. You have never seen any player in the entire country play as hard as I will play the rest of the season. And you never see someone push the rest of the team as hard as I will push everybody the rest of the season. And you never see a team play harder than we will the rest of the season. God bless. That was Tim Tebow, September 27, 2008. They went on to finish 13-1 and and beat Oklahoma for the national championship. As we look back on when Tim Tebow became Tim Tebow, that was the day. Number three. Number three is something I remember very well, and I can sum it up in three words. Foe, foe, foe. Moses Malone on the 83 Sixers. The first of those foes was against my beloved Knicks. I was at game three of that series. Um, they swept the Knicks, they beat Milwaukee in five, and then beat the Lakers in four. So they actually went 4-5-4, uh, but I will give Moses the benefit of the doubt. They did lose the one game against Milwaukee, but for him going into the playoffs, <laughs> when asked for a prediction to say, yeah, we're just going to sweep everybody we play, and then almost do it, is the stuff of legend. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, I covered one of the greatest teams of all time, the 96 Bulls, the team that won 72 games. I've seen most of the greatest teams of all time. 
for any one given season, that team was as good as any team mm. I've ever seen. The 83 Sixers, Julius, Moses, Mo Cheeks, Andrew Tony, that whole group, that, that team was as good for one year as any team I've ever seen in my whole life of watching the sport. Moses and Fofofo was number three. Number two. Number two is Ali. May 25th of 65, he says he had a dream. He knocked out Sonny Liston in the first round, and then he would knock him out at the two-minute mark of the first round. I mean, you wonder how you become Muhammad Ali and you wind up. I mean, I have a dream I'm going to beat Sonny Liston in the first round, and then you do it. The stuff of legend, Ali is number two. Number one. But if you know me, you know there can only have been one first choice. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. That is Joe Willie Namath, Broadway Joe, guaranteeing that the upstart 18-point underdog New York Jets of the American Football League, who quote-unquote did not belong on the same field with the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl three, not only went out there and beat them, lived up to that guarantee and made himself a legend, but probably changed the shape of the sport of football more than any other player in any other game in its history. They may have done away with the Super Bowl if the Colts had blown out the Jets. People thought, why are we bothering with this? The real championship game is the NFL championship game. Why are we bothering with these Chiefs and Raiders and Jets on the other (laughs) side? Two years later, there's a merger, and now look at them. Joe Namath changed the world with his guarantee. He is number one on today's list of the top five guarantees. In sports history, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive's home quote explorer is changing the way you buy home insurance. Now you can go online, get a custom quote, and save both time and money. Learn more at Progressive.com. Yesterday, if you were with us late in the show, we had a bit of a discrepancy. Mm-hmm. I want everyone to know exactly what happened here. Because it, sort of, it kind of stayed with me for the rest of the day. Did not sit well. You mentioned it the first thing when I saw you this morning again. So it, it, it rode with you overnight. Did I mention it? What did I do when I first walked in? So let, let me set the scene. Mm. I walk into the building today. We work at the South Street Seaport down here in lower Manhattan. I walk in 558 for our 6 o'clock meeting. Hembo's already sitting in the conference room. I'm going to come in and sit with him. I walk right past you and watch the first thing I do. You sneeze. I went, achoo. I didn't actually sneeze. I made a sneezing sound. You mocked me by pretending to sneeze. The point of it is, yesterday on this show, on these very airwaves, in the middle of a monologue, I sneezed. I couldn't help it. I sneezed. And then I paused. There was a kind of pause you could run. You could, you could, you could drive a truck through this pause because <laughs> I'm waiting for someone to say Gesundheit or God bless you, either one. And there's crickets. I get nothing from the staff. So Hembo looked it up. Why do people say God bless you after someone sneezes? It's actually a very interesting story. One of the symptoms of the plague, the plague, was coughing and sneezing. And it is believed that Pope Gregory I, otherwise known as Gregory the Great, suggested saying God bless you after a person sneezed and hoped that this prayer would protect them from an otherwise certain death. So to be clear, that's the origin of this. But my staff can't be bothered to say God bless you when I sneeze on the air. Bubba, what do you have to say for yourself? (coughs) Pardon me, sneezed. That was yesterday. That's how it happened. 
Nothing could have been more obvious. It was an overt sneeze. I mean, we've moved on from the... I'm fairly confident you're not going to die of the Black Death. So (laughs) I don't need to say God bless you. As I've said, I don't say it. I'm starting a movement. Let's just end it. Well, The Black Plague was a long time ago. I think we're all clear of that. So let's all just stop. We don't... You know, people sneeze like five times in a row. You got to just keep saying it, keep saying it. No. Good point. Let's just stop the God bless you. It's overrated. It's useless. Mm. Let's move on. Preach. Let's just all stop it. I'm starting the movement right now. In fact, if anyone else sneezes on this show, don't say anything. Just keep (laughs) it moving. Can I just point out the irony of the fact that you are making this taking this position as we are still ideally in the latter stages of, but still living through a global pandemic. I I mean, of all the times to make this stand, we are literally in a time now where illness is of enormous import. Now, again, I'm not trying to turn a funny thing into a serious thing, so let me just segue out of that. But I did think it was worth pointing out. But I will merely say that it would not kill you just to say, God bless you, Greeny, and then just get on. Just get on. I know this is Seinfeld episode. I know there's the whole you are so good looking. You can stop sending me those tweets. We are all, believe me, (laughs) you have never come across a group of people between Bubba and me who know more about Seinfeld. (laughs) Bubba can turn literally anything into a Seinfeld reference. But, but, But Seinfeld can be applied to any element of your life. The point is, I believe if we sneeze, we should say something. I think on this show, we should have a, a God bless you policy. I'm comfortable with Gesundheit, too. I could go either way. Either or. I'm, I'm happy either way. So I'm not sure how we're going to make this decision. We'll have to take a vote of the staff. We may have to take calls on it. We're going to get to the bottom of this as we continue. Uh, but coming up next, who, uh, Nuno is going to take center stage. You're going to find out just why. You, you think I'm dealing with trouble already between Hembo and Bubba. Wait until you hear from Nuno next. We'll do that after this time for some straight talk. You know, saving money feels good, but cutting your wireless bill in half, that feels really good. Like walk-off home run in the ninth inning, good. With straight talk, you can get 25 gigs of high-speed data for 45 bucks a month, up to 50% less than the other guys, plus no contract, all on America's best networks. Why pay a whole lot when you can pay half? Straight talk wireless, no contract, no compromise. Back in a flash, ESPN Radio. (coughs) Pardon me, sneezed. The playoffs are back. I think it's KD, though, that has more to prove than anybody in the NBA right now because of Golden State and how he left. Opinions, analysis, and the latest news. Tomorrow morning on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN2. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Greeny, the podcast. I'm Greeny. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. The whole crew is gathered around. Going to get to Nuno in a second. But we were just having a brief conversation here, and I wanted to bring it to everybody. So, Hambo, explain what this statistic is. There's a stat that um, a company called Second Spectrum generates. If you watch uh, games on ESPN, you'll see advanced stats like this pop up now and then. It's called quantified shot quality. And what it essentially does is on a 0 to 100 scale, estimates the, the shot quality. So it's, it's you know, how far you were from the basket and how open you were on your shots. And using their standard of measure, the Knicks had a lower shot quality in game one of their series against the Hawks than any team in any game so far in the playoffs. And it's a very good indicator of success because... As you can imagine in the NBA, especially in the playoffs, these games become make and miss. And so how, how, how high your, your shot quality is, how good your shots are, often translates into wins and losses. And in the Knicks case, they've had the worst game by that measure of any team in the postseason yeah, so and, far. And so that, that, that validates mm. the eye test, which, as you were saying, every single possession looked like it was uh, a slug. Do you have it in front of you? Like, who has had the highest? What team had the easiest looks? Like, what was Milwaukee's numbers last night? First quarter of that game was ridiculous last Milwaukee, night. Yes, Milwaukee's very high on this list. So their number, out of 0 to 100, is 52. So their shot quality, they should shoot about 52%. A very high number in the Knicks game. That was all the way down to 46. You want to aim to obviously be over 50. That's how they quantify it. There's a massive difference between 52 and 46 over the course of 48 minutes. Uh, that's, that's really interesting. Mm. And I would have thought you were going to tell me there would be a bigger disparity between those two mm-hmm. numbers. But you're saying, that's a big delta, right. 52 to 46. Yeah, in, in a basketball game, over 48 minutes, if a team shoots 52% uh, percent and one shoots 46, let's say an even distribution of twos and threes, the team that shoots 52% is going to win that game by 20 or 25 points. That's a good point. Okay, that's interesting to me. So anyway, let me paint a quick picture. I just want you all to understand the people that I'm working with here, because, you know, we're all getting to know each other again in, in these little different circumstances that I worked in for all those years. So we're, we're bringing the staff into the conversations because they're fascinating people. Hembo is a fascinating person. The analytics stuff, that's something I don't think we're doing enough of or isn't being done enough of in sports talk today. We got Hembo. We've unleashed him on you. Bubba is Bubba. I don't even know what else to say. He's just unlike anyone I've ever met. And then there's Nuno. So once again, his, his, his pet phrase, what's going on, Nuno? Not much. Or not, no. No matter what you ask him, as I've what? said, he will always say not much. But anyway, last night I'm sitting with my son. We're watching the beginning of Milwaukee just obliterating Miami. And I'm going through the notes. Nuno will type up notes for me on this Google Doc that we keep for the show. And in theory... Those notes are just supposed to be suggestions to me of things going on I might be interested in in sports. It is not his job to editorialize. But Nuno's takes 
and just the little one sentence things that he's sending me are stronger than most of the things I hear people say on TV. Like Stephen A. Smith would read this and be like, boy, those are some pretty odd takes. <laughs> so I just thought, let's let Nuno share some of those. The one that made me laugh the most, are you going to do the honest one? I don't want to steal your no, fire. Yeah, let's do that. We can end that one. Just just tell everyone exactly how you phrased your note to me about Giannis. Is there a superstar in the league that you trust the least Right? That, that's how I phrased it. The least, other than uh, Giannis. Yeah, the, 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 the verbatim he writes to me, is there a superstar you trust less than Giannis? <laughs> that, that's just his suggestion to me of a topic to talk about. <laughs> is there a superstar you trust less than Giannis? This is a two-time reigning MVP. <laughs> uh, but, but what's the answer? Is there someone in, on that level that you trust a, a less? But the beauty of you, Nuno, is that the answers are irrelevant. The questions are what make it so fascinating. Give me another one. Give me another Nuno take that you might just put type into a note to me. All right. Well, for instance, with the Clippers tonight, if they have another first round exit, we'll stop talking about Kawhi as a top five player in this league. <laughs> That's will, not even a question. Will we? <laughs> oh, will we? Oh, will we? Uh, I forgot the will. But will yeah. we stop? This is this is the note that he's sending me. This is his. Suge- he's like sending me with a little link of a story about the Clippers. If they lo- if they make a quick exit, will we stop talking about Kawhi? You know, when I first got to ESPN, I sat through like a don't editorialize with the talent meeting. Where were you that day? Where were I you? I wasn't there. You have one more quick one? Go ahead. Give me one more Nuno suggestion. Well, this was just self-serving. After a first-round exit, would either Mitchell or Lillard end up in New York this summer? That's what he sends me. He sees the story that, that Donovan Mitchell is upset with the Jazz, and he, wrote, he writes, I love this as a Knicks fan because it means he might wind up on the Knicks next year. That's him sending me Donovan Mitchell is upset with the Jazz. We have much more to say about this, and it continues in a moment. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.